Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Wrenching on the Level. I'm your host, Mike Molesky, and today on episode three, we are going to be discussing opening your own auto repair shop and what you're going to need to achieve it. We're going to be looking at this from the eyes of a technician that has been wrenching in the bays for somebody else and is ready for one reason or another to go out on their own. Let's get to work. And I think it goes without saying that everything that is expressed in my podcast is my opinion. And we're going to be talking about my experiences when it comes to this topic. Now, one of the first things you need to do when you're thinking about starting your own repair shop is figure out why you want to do it. Are you tired of working for somebody else? Do you think that if you work for yourself, you're going to work less or not as hard? Because that's not true. Do you think that someone else is making more money than you so you're better off being your own boss so financial gain should be a driving factor however you'll be surprised at how much an auto repair shop owner makes especially one that is a sole proprietor versus what a dealership technician would make Are you searching to have better control of your life and your schedule? Do you think that you will have more free time if you open your own business? Do you think that the business you are in isn't being ran properly and you think you can do better? There are so many reasons why people open their own repair businesses. And that's why they say most small businesses barely last five years that's because sometimes people open a business for the wrong reason or they have good intentions but aren't very good at running a business so the reality is a lot of people including people that listen to this will attempt to open up their own business and it will fail it's just in the cards now that doesn't mean that yours will fail maybe now that you heard this you're going to try even harder who knows but It's very important to know that running your own small business is very hard work. It is a major commitment of your time, your energy, your finances, your heart, and your soul. As much as being your own boss can be rewarding, it will be taxing on your body, on your mind, on your wallet, on your relationships, on your family, you name it. You just have to make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. In doing that means that you shouldn't just rush and jump ship because you found a garage available on the side of someone's house for you to wrench in. There's a lot that is involved here and your best bet is to plan. Okay. Now what I would recommend is that you work with a SBA loan office and an SBA agent that can help you with some of these things. I would strongly recommend creating a business plan, okay? So you have an idea of what the numbers look like and a professional can overlook those numbers and tell you if it's a good idea or if you are way off base, okay? Because even seasoned and experienced technicians in the bays don't have a lot of idea about what's going on on the other side of the counter when it comes to running the business. And a big thing that mechanic turned owner struggles with is emotional compliance and guilt we tend to discount things we tend to knock money off because we know that we can do the job faster we tend to cut corners here or there to get the bill within the person's budget even if it is 
uh, compromising to our overall service quality. When you own a business, you really have to start pushing emotion out of a lot of the factors. Now, that doesn't mean you become a soulless individual that only cares about money. What it means is a business is a business and you have to treat it as such. Now, you can be a wonderful, warm-hearted person to your customers and be thankful and thoughtful and friendly, but that doesn't mean that you take money off of every piece of the bill that you get a chance to. That doesn't mean that you do things for free because you feel guilty because you knew that person's aunt. That's not what that is. When you are creating your business plan, some of the things you're going to have to think about include the demographic of people that you want to be your customers, the types of vehicles that you're going to be working on, the area in which you want your business to be located in, and how you're going to get all of these tasks completed. Do you have your eye on a particular building or garage that's available? Is it a garage only? Are there offices? Is there restrooms? Does it have a break room for more employees? Will you have employees? Do you need experienced technicians or do you need oil changers? Do you need a helper to clean the shop? Do you need a front office person? Do you need a service advisor? Or do, do you need someone just to answer the phones? There is a lot to think about when it comes to starting your own business. If you're going to start off just by yourself like I did, well, we'll carry on with that. What do you do when it's just you? So I knew that I wanted to start working on import vehicles. And I wanted it to be in the South Hills of Pittsburgh close to where I live. Because it's a good area with a good median income and... You know, it was a nice community to be a part of. So I wanted to stay in that area. So I started looking for garages available in the Penny Saver, in the newspaper, on Craigslist, on random places along the internet, and I kept my eye out everywhere I went. One day I'm driving along a road and I see a for rent sign on the side of a building. And I swung in the parking lot. The owner was there and we chatted about it. And he told me, well, the front offices are taken by a tutoring company, but... It is zoned commercial in the back, so if you wanted to open up a garage, you could. I was like, okay, well, he gave me the price of rent per month, and I said, listen, I said, I can't afford that. What I can do is promise you that I'm going to start a repair shop. It's going to work. I'm going to work very hard to make it work, and if you can cut me a deal, then every year that I make more money, you charge me more money. That way, I can get this off the ground. And he put his faith in me, and we went for it. Shortly after, I opened up the back end. The front of the shop became available, and I ended up uh, leasing the entire space. So I was able to take over the front offices, the waiting room area. Another bathroom was added on, a showroom, and uh, had the entire garage in the back available to work on things. So as you look for spaces to open up your shop, you need to take those things into consideration. Does it have bathrooms? Uh, is there a waiting room for my customers? Will I be drop-off only? Am I visible from the street? Uh, is it zoned properly for auto repair? Are there guidelines you have to follow? When you open up a shop, you're going to have to get an occupancy permit. So you may have to put work into the space just to achieve occupancy. Are the floors thick enough for you to install two-post or four-post garage lifts. 
there are so many things to consider when looking at a space. So do your research into those things. For the type of work you're going to be doing, make sure you know what you're up against. Now, on the notion of what you're working on, you're going to have to look into the type of equipment you're going to need. Are you going to get a startup loan from the SBA? Or do you have a whole bunch of money from your dead uncle that you're going to just spend out of pocket? Do you have a whole bunch of cryptocurrency you're going to turn in? Are you going to just wing it and buy used things one by one? Are you going to start off by doing an entire renovation with a big budget? What's the money situation look like? Because you're going to have to allocate funds to equipment and design of the shop. You know, are you going to use black gas line to run your pneumatics? Are you going to get PEX tubing? Are you going to have any air at all? Are you going to have 220 or are you going to have 110 outlets? Are you going to have epoxy floor or non-epoxy floor? Are you going to do AC work? Are you going to do wheels and tires? Are you going to do alignments? Are you going to do in-depth diagnostics? Are you a one-stop shop or are you a light-duty maintenance and repair shop? Do you do state inspections or emissions testing for whatever state you're in? There are so many things to consider. Now, as you think about the type of business you want to have, knowing what's profitable and what isn't is a good place to start. As much as you want to start doing a custom SEMA build that takes two years, um, that might not be the best place for you to begin because you're going to need cash flow when starting your business because there's going to be a lot of money moving in and out and you have to stay on top of it. So you're going to have to bring in work that is profitable, that you can get done in a timely manner and stay on top of things. Things like brakes, tires, suspension, welding, state inspections, emissions, AC repairs, those things can be profitable. In my opinion, alignments are incredibly profitable and I wish I would have started doing alignments sooner. I digress. Cash flow is important. Next up is where are you going to get your parts from? Again, if you remember from episode two, Parts margins are incredibly important and critical to the success of a business. So you have to build a relationship with a parts supplier, preferably one that is local to you with quick delivery, uh, good margins, quick service, and a great warranty. The type of work that you do dictates where you get your parts from. Also, whichever one you build the best relationship with. For me, Advance Auto Parts is the go-to, but you have Advance Auto, AutoZone, O'Reilly's, Napa, um, Rock Auto, Turn 14, Keystone Operations, uh, and a plethora of online retailers. And quite honestly, I just listed what's around me in Pittsburgh, but there may be other auto parts stores near you. So whichever company best fits your needs, go with them. And notice I said best suits your needs, not which ones give you the parts for the cheapest price. Because if you try to shop for your parts provider based on who gives you the cheapest price, that's the same thing as a customer searching for an auto repair shop solely based on who offers the cheapest labor rate. You have to look for overall quality and the over overall service that you get from that parts store. Okay, so I talked about how a parts provider is like a business partner for you. But there are a couple other all-stars that you're going to need to hunt down as well. One is going to be a good CPA. 
preferably one that knows the auto repair business and the tax laws associated with that. Number two is going to be a quality attorney. This attorney isn't to necessarily represent you in court because you're going to get sued every three weeks. This attorney is your legal guidance for signing paperwork, for creating the waivers on your invoices, for um, double-checking code of things that you're allowed to do, etc., Uh, Luckily, my attorney is one of my customers, and he's fantastic, so I'm happy to have him around. Three is going to be a good insurance provider. Now, business insurance is incredibly important, and it's not as simple as it used to be. If you heard me talk about expenses earlier, it's because there are multiple types of insurance, and you probably will have more than just one type of insurance on your policy for your business. Like I said, we have our regular garage keeper's insurance. There is loaner car insurance, there is insurance added for cybersecurity and fraud because technological advances have created new ways for scammers to get us. So different ways to get yourself covered and make sure that you're covered properly. Having good insurance when you have a business is an absolute must. You could be having a great day and a technician takes the car for a test drive for state inspection to shake it down and all of a sudden the hood flies up smashes the windshield creases the fenders dents the hood destroys the roof anything can happen all right i think this episode has gone on long enough We're going to have to have a part two for this, but I'm not going to do it consecutively. I think we're going to switch it up for the next episode. If you would be so kind, please like, follow, subscribe, and hit the bell notifications on whichever streaming app you are listening to this podcast on. It helps tremendously in growing the reach of the podcast. That was a lot of information to shove into 15 minutes, but we'll do it again next time. Thank you for listening to episode three of Wrenching on the Level. I'm Mike Molesky. I'll see you next time, but for now, let's get to work. Mm